Are we okay? Yeah. You sure you sound sleepy? Are we okay? We're doing all right? Yeah? Awesome. Super. That's great. Um, I'm just going to ask a question really quickly, and I'd love to see some hands up, because please don't let it be just me, okay? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, does anyone ever feel scared? Just raise your hand. Oh, whew, thank you, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not just me, okay. Uh, yeah, it's good. We've got some hands. People who feel scared. That's great. Um, I'm scared of lots of stuff, okay? You can say, Nick, you're a big man. It doesn't, doesn't matter. I can be big, small. I'm scared of lots of things. Um, spiders, I hate them. Caterpillars, I hate them, okay? Creepy crawlies, I hate them. Sorry, Jesus. No, they all... Uh, not Jesus, just... Yeah. Anyways, um, they freak me out. I, I did just do. They just... Ooh. Anyways, um, when I was in France and I was younger, we used to live in this kind of forest clearing. And we were having a barbecue once with my, my dad and his, and his then girlfriend. Um, I went in the kitchen, I got a drink, I came back, it was my food, it was nice, it was ready, it was meat, it was, you know. Um, and I was just going to dive in. And I find a caterpillar on my plate. I was like, no chance, all in the bin. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I don't like these things, okay? Um, and I'm glad some people here have experienced certain things, just like Nick. I'm not the only one alone. Um, I've got more, I've got other fears, you see. I have what I call irrational fears. Does anybody here have any irrational fears? Please raise your hand. Jesus, thank you. Praise you, Lord. Okay, we all have irrational fears. I'm not the only one. Um, one of my irrational fears is, is taking a train. I'll explain, okay? So imagine this is the train lines in the underground, okay? I don't know why, but when I come to it, I have to kind of go like this, okay? I have to have my, my strong leg just like here, and I look sideways. I'm always doing this. I can never be like this, because I have this fear that someone's gonna push me down the train lines. I don't know why, so I'm always here, I'm like, if you push me, okay, you know, just resist it. Anyways, um, irrational fears, and yeah, thank you. The Lord, that I'm not the only one again. Um, it's, it's mad. It's crazy. Um, so you have fears of silly things. You have fears, actual irrational fears. And there's this thing what I call um, the gift of fear, when we really have to be fearful of certain things, like fire. Like mom says, don't put your hands in fire. So you know you don't do it because you're gonna get burned. So you fear. There's a healthy regard of fear, right? Like there's, um, you know. You don't go and jump off a bridge because it's just silly. There's healthy regard of fear. You don't bungee jump because who does that? You know, it, it, you, you think, okay, well, the, the cord might snap and, you know, I'm going to meet with Jesus. But, you know, there's, you, you, you think healthy regard of fears. There are things that you don't do. Um, and on the flip side of that, there's what I call the dark side of fear. Um, there are fears that consume us and make us do stupid things. There are fears when we become so caught up in fears and worried and gripped in it that we do things that are quite silly. An example, if you allow me, when um, there was the um, pandemic, people lost their mind about toilet paper. It's like, I need to make sure I've got enough to wipe my bum. I'm like, dude, come on, like, just, just go in the shower. And anyways, no. Um, but... It was silly, right? You go to Tesco's and it's like, oh, there's no more toilet paper. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's weird. Um, people do silly things. Or the, the egg shortages or household items. Sometimes fears, they grip people. They grip us and we become foolish and we do stupid things. 
Um, so there's silly fears, fears of silly things like spiders or whatever. You have unreasonable fears, and you have the gift of fear, and you have the dark side of fear. And you'll see what I'm talking about, about fear today, um, and we're going to look at a man in the story today who uh, was faithful, and actually what Jesus says about us being faithful, and why Jesus reigns supreme over our fears and our worries. Um, the roadmap to, this, to today is three simple points. And the points are Jesus is greater than our fears, than your fears. Jesus is greater than your origin story. And Jesus is greater, full stop. So three simple points today. Um, and we're going to go through these. But before we continue, can I invite Suvi, who's going to read for us? Right, the reading is going to be from the book of Judges. You'll find it on page 248 of your Bibles. So the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiziarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sylvie. It's great. This is the word of the Lord indeed. Okay, here we go. First point. Um, can we have it on the screen? Oh, that's, no, that's the third point. Hide it, hide it. We're gonna, first point is Jesus is greater than your fears. And there we go, perfect. Jesus is greater than your fears. You heard me talk about fears like five minutes ago um, and certain type of fears. And we have in this story Gideon uh, who's hiding and who's threshing wheat uh, in a wine press, which is quite significant actually. So let me just give you some background to this. Um, First of all, the Israelites are always naughty, were always naughty, did some things for seven years, and God said, fine, you be naughty, Midianites are going to come and overtake you. Um, and so during that time, whether, whenever Israel was planted food, crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other Eastern people will come into the country, they will take all the crops, all the livestock, they will just take everything that the Israelites had, and they would have nothing left. And the Israelites would cry out to God, and they would just keep crying out to God. And that's where we come to verse 11. In, in this scenario, we have Gideon, who is threshing wheat. Uh, 
in a wine press, which is really weird. You see, because back in those days, wheat was normally um, fresh and separated on a specific area, like a massive floor like this, and a hard, smooth surface of open surface where he could fresh the wheat. It's where he would allow the winds to, 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 to shake the, the um, um, just to shake the straw and the grains would fall on the flat floor. So then the straws would fly away and then he could pick up the, uh, the grains that he could see on the floor. Massive open surface like this. Uh, it was more efficient. The wind would come in, uh, leaving the grain on the floor and all the straw would just fly away. Threshing floors were no hidden places. They were very visible places. You could really see it. Uh, it was the most efficient way of gathering your wheat. What, whereas wine presses were the opposite, they were square, they were circular, they were cut out of rock, and they were quite dug, dug underground. So actually, Gideon is hiding in a wine press in the ground, trying to smash around his wheat around, trying to get his seeds, and it's like, Gideon, you, you, you're silly, like, it doesn't make sense, you really are not being efficient. Um, and you see, Gideon is the example of actually being really fearful. Gideon wasn't afraid of his life, but he was fearful that the Israelites were going to lose their wheat. He was fearful that the uh, Midianites were going to come and take everything that he had, all the things. And in this instance, Gideon meets with the angel of the Lord. And just in case you're not aware, the angel of the Lord in this scenario is what is called a pre-incarnate vision of Jesus. The angel of the Lord is another name for Jesus, um, not in his incarnated form, but pre-incarnate form. So Gideon is actually having a conversation with Jesus. And in it, the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon is hiding in a, in, in a, in a hole and the Lord calls him a mighty warrior. Now that sounds a bit weird to me, but that is what the Lord calls Gideon. He calls Gideon a mighty warrior warrior and I wonder if you're anything like me um, and if you ever thought about this but fear can be a constant companion that holds us back from achieving our dreams and pursuing God's purpose for our lives fear is this thing fear of failure fear of the unknown fear of rejection and countless other fears can paralyze us and prevent us from reaching our full potential it can stop us from achieving God's calling on our lives when we are so caught up in the fears that we have. But you see, Jesus in this scenario doesn't see that in Gideon. He doesn't see that the man hiding in a wine press. He doesn't see that, but he sees a man and he calls him mighty warrior. Gideon doesn't see the fear. He sees, um, sorry, Jesus doesn't see the fear. He sees beyond that. He sees the potential that Gideon has. He sees the potential that you and I have. And when we are afraid, he says, actually, don't be afraid, you mighty warrior. Where, Gideon, where Jesus calls Gideon a mighty warrior, I want to make it clear that the Lord calls you too a mighty warrior. That whatever fear or scenario is going on in your life, you don't have to be afraid because you are, he is with you. Listen to this. The Lord calls him a mighty warrior. And he has a conversation in verse 13 and he goes on. Um, in verse 14, the Lord says to Gideon, go and in your strength and save the Israelites. What strength has Gideon has? He's hiding. Where, where, where is his strength? 
it's a complete opposite. It's a real dichotomy. How is Gideon supposed to save the Israelites? With what strength? He hasn't got any. But this is what's amazing. The angel of the Lord is speaking with Gideon. When we are afraid, we don't have to worry. We can rely and trust in Jesus. The name Jesus, not even Jesus, but Emmanuel, means this, that the Lord is with you. Jesus, Emmanuel, he is with us. We are not left alone. The Lord is wherever you and I go. In Matthew's Gospel we read, that's exactly what it says, that I will be with you always. In this moment, Gideon doesn't realize it, but he is in the presence of Almighty God, Almighty Jesus. And Jesus calls him this amazing warrior that you go in your strength and you save my people. Jesus doesn't look at our limits. He doesn't look at my limits. He doesn't look at your limits and says, that's it, you're done. There's no more you can do. I say, I'm, you know, don't worry about it, just sit down, you know, chill out. You know, he doesn't look at our limits and stops there. He looks at our limitations and he looks above and beyond it. He says, your limits, there's nothing, Nick. Don't worry about it, you haven't peaked. I'm, I'm looking beyond what you think you've got. I'm looking at the potential that you, you have that you don't even, you're not even sure that you have in yourself. Jesus knows the things that we can achieve through him if we trust in him, if we give our all to him. He knows the work that we can do with him. It's not about trusting in our own potential or our own sources of strength, but rather it's about acknowledging that Jesus will go with us and before us and in front of us and actually we are walking with the God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the Alpha, the Omega in every single situation that we go into. That we don't have to worry about the fears that could paralyze us if we keep our eyes on the person of Jesus. Jesus says to Gideon, I will go with you. I will go with you. The story continues. And Gideon has a conversation with the Lord. Jesus says to Gideon, I'm going to send you. And Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord, but, but how, how can you save? How can, how can we save the Israelites? Don't you see? Um, my clan is the weakest of all. My clan is the smallest of all. And can we have number two? Um, Jesus is greater than your origin story. My clan is the least of all. Gideon in this moment says, you can't send me. Surely, Lord, you can't send me. I'm nothing. My people... They're the least of the least. How can you choose me? Do, do you, who, what? Me. And how many times in our lives do we, do we look at our own stories and say, Jesus, surely not me. Don't you know the things I've done? Don't you know the hurts I've committed? The things I've said? I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, I, I, I've done X, I've done Y. Don't you know my story, Jesus? How can you look at me and, and, and deem me worthy to, to follow you and actually... Gideon says, Lord, my history, no, you, you can't take me. You can't call me. Don't you see who I am? Don't you see my people? We are the least. We are the smallest. Too often do we put ourselves down. Too often do we look at the things we can't do. Too we, look, we look at, at the things that were. I don't, have, I don't have my degree. I can't, I can't do this. I I, I used to be a gangster, I, I did X. Too often do we look at our history and, and we use that as a crutch to stop us moving forward in what God is calling us to do. 
oh, you know what, Nick, I'm too young, I can't do this, or I'm too aged, Nick. We use all these things to stop us, and they become crutches that, that stop us from moving into what God's got for us. We put ourselves down, and we're not, we don't allow God to use us for what he has planned. But let me tell you this, Jesus takes your story. Jesus takes your story and he weaves it into his life-giving, life-enabling, sacrificial story. And the outcome is that he gives you and I a brand new story. He takes your story and he weaves it into his on the cross. And out of that, you have a brand new story. Your story is found in the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So let me tell you this, you see, your histories, your past, your worries, your heritage, uh, your origin story, it may matter somewhat, but it doesn't get to define you. It doesn't get to tell you who you are. It doesn't get to tell you what you can or cannot do. My past don't get to define me, and they don't get to define you. They don't get to disqualify me and you from the service that Jesus is calling us to. It doesn't. Our identity is not founded upon our history. The cancer can't do. Our identity should be founded and grounded in the person of Jesus Christ. Grounded and founded in his sacrifice, his resurrection, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into your life and my life. That's where it should be founded in. Your identity is not founded in the things that were or the thing that is, is founded in the person of Jesus Christ. His death on the cross, his resurrection. And if that doesn't give you confidence, listen to what Jesus says. Gideon says, Lord, we're the weakest. We can't do this. We, we are nothing. Don't use me. Um, and Jesus says, okay, cool. Um, verse 16, I will be with you. He says, I, if that's the case, you can't do it. I will be with you. I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites. I will be with you. Not you, not your history, not your, your family story. I will be with you. And Gideon thought he was going to go and fight the Midianites. He thought he was going to go and attack those guys. He has a 10,000 army, and God reduces it to 300 people. And he thought he was going to be the one who was going to fight the Midianites. No. Right at the end of the story, all he has to do was use his uh, symbols, make some noise and shout. We read that it is God who confused the Midianites. It is God who confused them so that they took care of each other and killed themselves. Gideon did nothing. He just stood there on the sideline with his symbol, making a bit of noise, hey, shouting. And the Lord went before and took care of business. You see, we don't have to fear uh, our, our histories, we don't have to worry, we don't have to stress because God is already going ahead of us. Jesus is going before you and I where he's calling us to. Jesus is greater than our fears. Jesus is greater than our origin, greater than where we were. And can we have the final slide, please? This is for you. Jesus is greater than whatever you won't add to it. Just have a look at that. And add Jesus is greater than 
your worry of tomorrow. Use is greater than your sins, greater than whatever you stress about, whatever you worry about, whatever will seek to hold you down. Jesus is greater than, and add whatever you want to add to it. Jesus is greater than my fear of spiders, than my fear of caterpillars, than my unreasonable fears. But Jesus is greater than my fear of the unknown. He's greater than my fear of death, greater than my fear of whatever you want to put to it. Jesus is greater than. And let that be an encouragement to you that when God calls you, that you don't have to be fearful because he is with you. And that when he does call you, he takes all of you into consideration that your stories, sure, they matter, but they don't get to define who you are and where you're going. Trust in the person of Jesus because he is greater than all things. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks.